on this episode of Halftone Takes. I ask Adam about musicals. He gives me bad advice, and then we talk about our musicals in different medium. And along the way, we list our top three. Welcome to Halftone Takes. High contrast conversations where we zoom out to see the bigger picture. I am one of your co-hosts. I am Corey Revis, aka DJ C Breeze. And I got with me my other co-host. I'm the other half, Adam Bucheri, aka DJ Meow Meows. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what are we up to today? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good start. Good start. Uh, <laughs> well, today. I got a question for you, man. As we've been friends for so long, uh, I met this dude. Uh, quick backstory: I met this dude first day um, of my college experience. Uh, we were freshman yep. roommates, and randomly assigned yeah, freshman yeah. roommates. Yeah, I had no idea. Coming, coming to you from good old Scranton Hall and <laughs> Edinburgh University. Uh, the most dog shit <laughs> oh, and they, uh, they were that dorms bad. I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> uh, next to Schaefer, of course, which was like infested with asbestos. So at least we had that going for us. Yeah, but, but Schaefer got like torn down the next year. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I mean, eventually, Scranton wasn't. Scranton kept going. <laughs> well, uh, Scranton's not there anymore, but it was only a matter of time. But I get it. Um... Yeah, but anyway, yeah, we, uh, first day, first day, I met this guy, and he wasn't even there for half the time. <laughs> I saw him for, like, two seconds, and he's like, okay, I'll be back. And I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool, man. Um, who knew that this would turn out to be a lifelong, uh, great friend relationship? Um we could say best friends because like we hung out all the time. We, we were in the same like major, we were an animation major. So we talked about yep. animation. We talked about movies and we had completely yeah. different, uh, like viewpoints on a lot of stuff, but still we managed to quote unquote, make it work. <laughs> and oh, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. So, and now... Uh, stay, staying up late playing Metal Gear Solid 3 or frame by framing through the Goofy movie. We had, <laughs> we had good times. Yeah, it was a great time. Um, and, you know, one day we decided within our, like, being our time growing up and having more experience and whatnot, we're like, you know what? We should probably record all of our rants and weirdness. <laughs> And our different perspectives on things, because, you know, we grew up, we, we had a lot of extreme takes back then, because we were bright eyed and bushy tailed. Yeah. And now that things have definitely changed in our world and where we live and how we live and our lifestyles and stuff, we're like, you know what, we're still interested in this stuff, but maybe we need to, you know, learn more about, you know, what we think of. Uh, especially totally. when it comes to like in the media, like video games, animation, film, TV, all this kind of crazy stuff that's going on right now. And everybody has their own hot takes. Well, you know what? And then, you know, a lot of people don't like to necessarily put their first 
put their foot forward and say, you know what? I would like to listen to what that guy over there has to say. What does that black guy have to say about, you know, Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power? Uh, <laughs> do we want to go there? <laughs> no, uh, not yet. Not this episode, maybe. But similar reasons, because this guy, I'll tell you, he made me watch the extended version of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh, you better believe it. <laughs> he made me binge it. Uh, because I've I've only seen like one or two. I think the first two when I was in college. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. But he's like, nah, bro. You gotta see this. It's good. And I'm like, where are all the black people? And I didn't say that. But <laughs> I was like, I watched and it now, anyway. in hindsight, I am like, <laughs> Where are all the black people? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, they're all hiding because why would any black person deal with any of this shit? <laughs> totally. And but like, anyway. we're being, you know, facetious here, but like, yeah, like we, we totally have different lenses and different perspectives on uh, these common media things. And we're also different people than we were in college. And even though we've stayed in touch this whole time and we would have, you know, our monthly two hour phone call where we'd be talking stuff mm-hmm. uh you know us formalizing this and kind of giving it some more structure i think is going to uh yeah just be another step on our journey to us like understanding each other better and uh you know ultimately like appreciating ourselves this is uh, this podcast is an expression of our friendship and, and how much i like talking to you yeah uh i 100 percent agree and i also think or i hope that this will extend beyond us too and see that you know what maybe i have been thinking about some certain things wrong or not necessarily wrong but differently and yeah you know we can enjoy a lot of things together as you know different people like different people can from different backgrounds and whatnot can enjoy i don't know the same thing like you know just because a certain type of media is made for for one person doesn't mean other people can't enjoy it just as much. Um, yeah. R- regardless of target audience, you know, yeah, uh, yeah everyone that's exactly can enjoy a piece of, of media and see different things, you know, see different perspectives and see different angles and, and get something out of messages it. that are within the media. Because, you know, I think that to, to get something out of the way, that's going to be relevant uh, throughout this entire show is that you know i i'm definitely one of those people who believes that all art is political whether it's intended to or not and the fact that there aren't any black people in the lord of the rings does say something and it's probably worth talking about and talking and exploring you know mm-hmm. and through, it, through our different lenses and i'm and also coming out and you know adam saying that definitely puts a thing on the idea of just because there aren't any doesn't mean I automatically hate the Lord of the Rings either. Like the old right. Peter Jackson stuff either. I enjoy them immensely. I am not a giant like like rings nerd. I don't know. I read The Hobbit. I didn't even read any of the Lord of the Rings books. I love The Hobbit. Yeah. Uh, but... I'll tell you, like, I'll tell you what, I enjoyed them anyway, even though, like, the first black person I actually legitimately saw in, like, the forefront was from the Hobbits movies, and I'm pretty sure it was from the second Hobbit movie, 
where I was like, when they were in like the town where the dragon was attacking, and I was like, whoa, that's new. I see you. I see you. Hey, they snuck on set. Let's go. Let's go. We're here. <laughs> <laughs> they snuck on set, but they ain't got me yet. Let's go. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I, I mean, I enjoyed that. That was, I mean, it wasn't a huge major part, but I, I liked it. And that, that counts. Yeah. That counts for a lot of things. But anyway, enough of the Lord of the Rings talks. That, that's for another episode, probably. Oh, for sure. What we're getting at today is, you know, I'm, I'm going to ask Adam some things because back in the day, I knew Adam was and is a huge theater nerd. <laughs> so That's correct. It's true. He he actually did theater. Um, I didn't see anything. <laughs> I didn't see any of them. <laughs> but when he was doing it in the, um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure you you participated in some of them when we were in college. Um, yeah. So I mean, just real quick, like I have a, a a light theater background for participating in theater. I've taken some improv classes in high school. I've been in like three or four productions, including, you know, one musical, one Shakespeare, uh, and something else. I don't even remember. Oh, I re- remember it was Sleepy Hollow. It was fucking whatever. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> was that the one where you, uh, everybody kept calling you like uh, Narf? Or no, no, not Narf. Yeah, uh, Narv, Narv. Narv was my character. In yeah. that, and that became a nickname for like three years in uh, college. But uh, the point is that, like, I haven't done a ton of theater. Like, I've been involved. I, I'm not sure if I fully identify as a theater kid. Um, I mean, you don't wear a beret, do... so that's, that counts. <laughs> but I do love theater. Like, I, I love watching theater. I like attending it. I love musicals specifically. Um, I, I have a real problem where when there's a new show that I find and fall in love with, I'll go and watch like 12 different versions of it. Oh, wow. Uh, I didn't know that. Because it's really interesting for me to see like the different like takes on the same source material, see how different actors say the same lines or, you know, the way that the sets change. Like, so yeah, um, I'm not like, I'm not Brian David Gilbert, but <laughs> I am a fan of theater. Like I do love uh musicals i love shows yeah so that's what that's that's my background Quick, uh, as and, as possible. and that's cool uh that's really cool it uh, is cool <laughs> i always thought that was pretty neat because um i'm not really that um now mind you like i'm not saying that i hate musical theater um i do Ooh. like theater i just uh i'm very particular um my brother my younger brother, he's a theater guy. He's the one that is like, he oh, went yeah. to school for singing and all this kind of stuff like that. He's very good. And he knows what he's talking about. But every time I get into a conversation with people that are like more, I like that might be considered theater nerds. Like they like, we get on a rant, we get on something like that. And I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hamilton was cool, but man, I don't, I don't get the, like Phantom of the Opera, man, it's just not for me. And everybody gives me the side yep, eye. Yep. And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Please don't <laughs> hurt me. Please don't stab me with like your <laughs> like like your little subtle knives. Uh, uh-huh. Like like I, I'm just not that that's just not me. That's not my type of theater per theater thing. Like I remember when 
speaking of like i think we were like off camera before this we were talking about like wally really quickly and how the director was it hello dolly yeah hello dolly is used throughout and i was like i i knew what hello dolly was but i've never seen it and to be honest i still have never seen it even after that and adam he went on he went on about that he's like oh no (laughs) that is brilliant i love that and i'm like okay (laughs) well i I didn't discredit you like i'm a basic bitch and i've been in a couple of theater shows and one of the theater shows was hello dolly in high school so like it's it it was a one of the shows that I just like I do inside and out and I was just like oh shit it's this and I I just found it like on top of being like utilized really well throughout it I also just found it really novel that this thing that like I specifically like had a lot of experience with yeah uh, was used in the movie and and you know what I didn't appre- I didn't appreciate it back then either but now I do because I'm like you know what that's really cool because a lot of people. A lot of creatives bring their own stuff into their creative space, obviously. So that's something that that particular person brought into theirs to create a fantastic movie that had homages like that. But it wasn't about that. He didn't just recreate Hello, Dolly. He incorporated that. But that was such an integral part of that. And that's something I didn't have. Like, uh growing up like i didn't necessarily i knew about hello dolly but that's not something that we saw as like we were just you know on reruns in my house <laughs> oh we gotta watch that hello <laughs> right, dolly right. let's go let's go oh shit barbara streisand's on now oh, fuck. I, <laughs> to be fair <laughs> my mom <laughs> loves barbara streisand so i got a lot of a star hey, was kids. born yeah i'm i'm not playing about that but (laughs) like what we had on and this is like kind of like i had about three points to today's episode which is basically the musical that musical episode that's what it's called (laughs) um Uh uh-huh but you know three points to this and like we're going through our first my first point right now is our musical theater experience or just music musicals in general when it comes to film uh tv or animation or even video games which i don't even know if there's musical video games uh there probably is but i i can't think of them off the top of my head you know what there are a couple i haven't played them they're they seem real weird uh i'm vaguely interested in them but i can think of two off the top of my head that like do exist so oh okay well Keep that in your keep that in your pocket. We'll get to that later. But um, uh, what I was gonna what I was gonna go on and say is like we we kind of get an idea for your like musical theater background, and mine is like stuff like The Wiz and Carmen Jones yeah. and um, you know, uh, Fame. Like for a, a little bit more modern, mm-hmm. um, which everybody likes to talk footloose like that is a hugely famous like example of you know a modern like musical phenomena and i'm like sure that's that's okay that's i've seen it i've seen both versions actually and the newer version isn't actually that <laughs> bad um 
but I'm like, you guys do know that's like fame, right? <laughs> and they're and they're like, what's fame? And I'm like, how dare you? It has one of the most iconic like teaching somebody how to dance like <laughs> uh, scenes like ever. But then again, I I was I'm talking to other people that may not have that experience because I'm like, yeah, most as as far as I know, a lot of black people. Uh, most might be I've talked to they know what fame is and they know that like you know off the fresh prince when aunt viv is doing her like five six seven eight with her little like staff thing that is directly from fame and a lot of people don't know that reference and I'm like huh okay so but that's like a you know a pretty big in my opinion a pretty big musical reference and you know mm-hmm. but i um, i can't you know but i also can't i'm not just saying oh like you know i i i had like a like a just a very like one-sided perspective too cuz one of my favorite people ever is dick van dyke um i love sure. the stuff that he does like he one i i definitely he was one of my like the big people that I kind of looked up to growing up to because he was built like me. <laughs> he wasn't this giant guy. He was kind of skinny, kind of lanky, but he could move and he was funny. He was For not sure. like the the most handsome. He wasn't the most like like the most anything except the most him. If that may if that is as cheesy as it sounds. And he was funny, generally funny to me whenever he did stuff like in the, you know, the Dick Van Dyke show, the the opening, he would fall over stuff and he would just make it look hilarious. And he's like, oh, because he would react to stuff. He would actually react to stuff in the way I would. And I'm like, yeah, that's really cool. And I just liked how he moved and danced and everything. So musicals, I always saw stuff like that, like. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, which we talked about, and apparently yep. that movie you hate because <laughs> I think that's hilarious that you hate that movie. <laughs> I don't, I don't hate it. I just have a history with it because it was one of those movies that my younger brother watched like every day for a year solid. <laughs> yeah, didn't he go like, "Oh, you Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, oh you Chitty Chitty Bang Bang." <laughs> okay, so so I'm gonna take a brief digression, and yeah, this is a a, a well known story in my family is that. Uh, at the peak of my younger brother's Chitty Chitty Bang Bang phase, we were on a road trip, and I think it was to Florida. It's a 12-hour <laughs> road trip. Nice. And we're driving, and he's just going, oh, you, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, oh, you, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, over and over, constantly. And at that time, they were trying to, like, wean him off of the binky. Oh, he was so he was that young. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, <laughs> who knows how long into that... Uh, my mom just turns around, looks at the, me and my older brother and goes, don't you ever say that I didn't do anything for you. And she just plugged his hole with the binky. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man. Bringing his reign of terror to an end. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever brought that back up with him? Because obviously that was like. Oh, yeah. Like all your. your Well-known like, story. Okay. That's pretty hilarious. Yeah, we have similar car stories, but yeah, that always stuck out to me because I grew up on that movie. Like we we re-ran that that thing. We ran the crap out of that video. For sure. Like, oh, video, guys. Video. VHS. Can you believe it? Mm-hmm. Where that stuff actually goes bad if you run it too much. <laughs> 
And yeah, like, you got to put it in the rewind machine. Oh, we had one and it made a really loud noise, but it, Hell yeah. it clicked really loud whenever it was done. And we're like, OK, all right, sweet. <laughs> Let's go. But yeah, I, I know that movie almost off by heart, too. And um, half of it was because of uh, Dick Van Dyke. I, I watched a lot of stuff like obviously Mary Poppins and, you know, Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. And, and animation too. I thought that was cool. And um I like Julie Andrews. Uh I think she's still like a goat, even if she can't sing anymore. Um Sure. But yeah, I still I that's one of the reasons why I watched uh what's it, what what was that? Uh the Princess movie back in the what, early two thousands. Uh what was it called? Uh Princess movie what she was in. Oh, I forget. Forget what it is. <laughs> um, people know. Like they'll be like, "Oh, <laughs> you know that princess movie." The princess movie. Uh, when she was in it, and she wasn't the she was like the queen or something like that. But that was cool. But anyway, um, yeah. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I like that movie because I think she's funny in it. But yeah, and like that's kind of my extent of musical musicals or at least musical theater uh, of course like every disney movie or you know 90 percent sure. of disney movies are musicals 90 percent of animated stuff is musicals um and i mean we grew up like really absolutely bullseyeing the the disney renaissance like all of those we were, were right in the middle of it we yeah were, we were right at the age it was it was that. our it was our target target that was we were their target audience um yeah. Lots like, of like animation room discussions about like, no, Beauty and the Beast is better. And someone's <laughs> like, no, the Lion King is the best. Then someone's like, I think Aladdin's probably my favorite. And we're like, shut up. And that someone was me. Uh, <laughs> I was like, they got brown people in there. I got to I got to give it to them. Like, <laughs> like uh, that's not how I actually thought. It's kind of how I thought. Yeah. But uh, uh, I also and, and the like answer the, is, of course, that it's yeah. not a zero sum game and there's no no point in arguing at all. And they, they can all be good. Exactly. <laughs> now, to to be fair about that, too, is I did. I just honestly liked. Like. Most of the songs in Aladdin anyway, though. Oh, yeah, they're bops. And thinking. Yeah. Thinking back, I was just. You know, with a lot of the Renaissance movies, they had their own feel. And yeah. a lot of that had it, you know, Aladdin. Um, I'm thinking the Jungle Book, um, 101 Dalmatians. Jungle Book? Jungle Book's not the Disney no, Renaissance. No, uh, uh, no I'm, I'm not thinking in terms of time. I'm thinking in terms oh, of okay, uh, okay. sound. Um, a lot of those soundtracks had a lot of jazzy things in it, like the Aristocats. It, like... A very jazzy undertone. Um, yeah. And I appreciated those sounding things as opposed to something like The Lion King, which is not jazzy at all and just straight up like super cultural slash like march marches almost, except for I mean, what you call it. Um, yeah, but also like now as an adult, I can realize like just how much of a how how in the pocket i am for elton john like i'm just an elton john fan is good hey um that kind of brings us into our 
like a little bit into our my my second thing of live action live action versus animation when it comes to musicals um sure and like like this is where i'm going to kind of throw it in your court now and just um see because you know a lot more of this than i do um you know what is technically considered um maybe good or this is good form or you know what have you when it comes to the, like you know musical theater or just musicals in general um whether it be animation or in live action um you know yeah. so what what do you think is probably you know First of all, what would you be necessarily looking for? What what are you um, drawn to in terms of musicals first? And second, like you could pick either or or both of what do you think is a great example of good musicals in either live action or, um, you know, animation or both? Like it, it's not necessarily sure. – it doesn't have to necessarily be like versus, one versus the other, mm-hmm. although – you know, for an example, like, would you say that, you know, certain early Disney Renaissance songs, like big opus songs that everybody knows are better than something um, <laughs> like, you know, oh, shoot, what's that movie that Steven Spielberg just did? Um, uh, uh, West, Side Story? West Side Story, which I actually love. I've seen that uh, movie. Um, I've not seen the new one. It's, uh, I want to. I, I've seen the new one and the old one, and they're they're more or less the same thing. Um, but I like a lot of those songs too, and I like the fa- <laughs> now, mind you, it does have some action in it because you know it's it's some gang, it's some straight up gang yeah. stuff. But <laughs> I'm like, all right. Um, but I just like the I just like the I guess I like the songs a little bit more. But anyway. Yeah, something like that, where it's like, okay, how does this stack up between each other? In other words, would are remakes of musicals more, you know, or something like if they made a musical in an animated form, would that take away from the musical experience? Or is it not necessarily about that? It's about the music itself. So, yeah. Yeah, I think okay. So there, there's, this is a big question. So I'm going to start off by saying that, like, I think that there are different types of of this, and I'm going to kind of broaden it to like the umbrella term of the show tune, which includes you know musical numbers that might just be standalone in something like a television show, or a musical is comprised of a number of show tunes. Um, but at any rate, like, I'm I'm pretty in the pocket for that. You know, I basically am just on board for a musical episode of whatever. Okay. Uh, you know, Batman the Brave and the Bold, Mayhem of the Music Meister. Like, <laughs> okay. Stone Cold Classic, as far as I'm concerned, the episode rules. I completely forgot uh, about that, actually, too, which is really funny because I remember you going off about that when we were, <laughs> like, years ago. It's like, this is the greatest thing. He would, You would literally come to me. I'm telling you people, he would literally come to me and be like, this is the greatest thing I've ever watched in my entire life. And I'm like watching it and I'm like, this isn't bad, but, and then I would look at him and he's just like, look, 
<laughs> look at this. Look at this. Look. <laughs> like I'm like, I'm looking. I'm looking. He would turn my head and be like, he's like, you need to witness this because this you, is genius. Corey, <laughs> do you get it? Do you get it, Corey? Uh, do you I was see a, it? Mo- <laughs> <laughs> Hark! <laughs> um... Yeah, I was definitely uh, considerably more aggressive, in my opinions, uh, in college. And you were also, like, very uh, kind of passive. And, and I was way more, more passive. And that's and that's part of the yeah. reason why we're doing this, like, this whole show itself, yeah. is we kind of are meeting in the middle now. Because though we still, ha- we still have our, you know, peculiarities, obviously, we're two different people, but... We are definitely kind of leveling or leveling out in terms of, you know, uh, thinking, yeah. thinking a little bit more before we post our Twitter, post our Twitter post. <laughs> it's like, maybe I should Follow think me about on this Twitter. More. It's mostly food and like me sending pictures of the fact that I got new shelves in my garage. <laughs> Hell Yeah. Okay, um, follow me on Twitter because I haven't posted since like 2015. So <laughs> posted one time in 2015. <laughs> yeah. It's very funny to me. <laughs> I need to start posting again because I just I follow people on there and very specific people, and then I use it just for like meme farming, basically, <laughs> and yeah. you know reaction pics because people still post that, and I think it's funny. So. But I need to start posting more because since we're doing this and I'm like, maybe maybe I should actually say stuff. Not a lot of stuff, but some stuff. But anyway, keep going. Yeah. I'm sorry, I took away from your Batman. <laughs> Batman you set did. me on a Batman set me on a on a raft. <laughs> so You had a yeah, you had a flashback right <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. I, I used I did. to sense memory. Yeah. Um uh, but yeah, you know, something like that, or the way that Steven Universe uses songs, or mm-hmm. the way that, you know, uh, a full-blown musical, whether it's something that's, you know, like a Disney musical, where the characters are sitting around and singing the character, uh, singing in character, or if it's something like the Blues Brothers, where it's a bunch of musical mm. numbers that are happening with the the different characters, kind of, you know, more loosely correlated with it. Like, all of that stuff is good. I'm into all of it. Whether it's on the stage, whether it's on film, whether it's television or feature length, like, uh, I'm here for all of it, basically. So, like, what makes a good musical show and what makes a music good musical number are kind of two different questions that are related. And to me, like, what makes a good musical number is, like, one, having an identity, like, musically, uh, you know, I want the song to have some kind of personality. I want it to fit into a genre. I want it to have like a distinct rhythm. I want to be able to identify it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, if it's part of a larger thing, things like, uh, you know, emphasizing leap motifs or recurring themes. Like, I love a reprise. Okay. You give me a good reprise. Like, ooh. Especially if it's in like, oh, it was in major key now, but now it's in minor key. Okay, you know? uh, give me an uh, example of that. Give me an example of that. Sure, classic uh, example. I mean, classic, I don't know. <laughs> uh, no one seems to like the movie except for me, but The Princess and the Frog, you know, Tiana oh, has I love her that. song I like that movie almost too. there. <laughs> I know, I like it too. Like, it's not my favorite. It's not like uh, an impeccable work, but like, fuck, it's got 
Keith David doing a musical number and it slaps. Like, what do you want from me? Like, I, I, I don't think like you, you are talking like I, I know because a lot of people are, you know, if and or about that particular animated musical. Um, I, for one, like the representation. Uh, I like the fact that it actually yes. shows black people not struggling <laughs> it's not a struggle movie uh yeah and it shows um, class and i like it and it shows class in its music too uh so almost there what you mentioned is i'm pretty sure the best song in that movie like i it is so repeatable it's good yeah it's so good so i completely understand that okay yeah that's a good example yeah but you know almost there as the i want song Mm-hmm. Uh, where the the protagonist tells you like their motivation, and then when she she loses it, you know, at the the midpoint, you know, she does a sad reprise of it, you know, because she she it's it's ironic she was almost there, but now she didn't get there. Mm-hmm. But then they also will use that like uh that melody throughout the film, like as part of a way to communicate to the audience, and that kind of thing I really like. Um. Okay, um, that that's really good. Um, I'm trying not to like interrupt you, obviously, but I do want to see. Okay, what is what you consider a not so good example? <laughs> oh, I mean, that might be a little harder, but like the problem is that like when someone says, "What's a musical you don't like?" I only have one answer, and it's <laughs> "Love Never Dies." The sequel to The Phantom of the Opera. I think it's you told me most, this before. It's the most dog shit musical that's ever existed. It's bad. Like, so here's here's what it is. One, the songs aren't good. I don't think that there's a single killer song okay. in that whole thing. Like, really, like, kind of bland. Again, they lack identity. And it is yeah. useful to have, like, a negative example for contrast. Because, like, now I can talk about, like, oh, these things don't work together. Yeah. So I don't think that works really well Two, the plot itself is just like on its face absurd okay like, it's not a good story and it's not a good use of these characters and three it also retroactively makes the phantom of the opera bad because the the climax of the phantom of the opera is about the fact that christine like forgives and accepts the phantom for who he is, and they share this moment of connection, this moment of humanity, which ends with a single kiss. And that kiss, like, truly breaks the spell and allows the Phantom to see, like, how monstrous his actions have been, how far he's taken it over the line, Mm -hmm. and to choose to let them go. And, like, that's a really satisfying, melodramatic, emotional beat. Like, look... Phantom is high camp. It's fucking dumb. I mean, to me, silly, but like it's got heart and it just like it cares so much. And that's infectious to me. Well, to me, that's like the entirety of musical theater and just musicals in general is like, who sings this? (laughs) Like dramatic moments is like, who who's singing this? But at the same time, (laughs) that's the point. And I can take yeah. myself out of that in like the cynical part of that because I'm like, no, I'm not going to be that guy. I enjoy stuff like that. Like, 
I, I highly enjoy yeah. stuff like that. I just enjoy sometimes the wrong stuff, <laughs> but you know, it is what it is. So yeah, I completely get that. Um, I've never, I never heard it. The core assumption of musical theater is that when emotions get too big, you break into song. And if you're not on board with that core assumption, then like, you're probably not going to have a good time. <laughs> um, Don't watch any Disney are, movie like, ever. Like, Phantom of the Opera is great, delicious, like, camp melodrama. It's silly, and it's fun, and it's heartfelt. Anyways, um, Love Never Dies. So that was the, the how the Phantom of the Opera ends, which most people, I think, are going to know. They're going to be at least tangentially familiar with it. Mm -hmm. Love Never Dies, which you shouldn't be familiar with, presumes that at some point during the kidnapping of Christine Daae by the villain the phantom of the opera mm -hmm. uh they totally do it and then <laughs> boy christine has his secret child and then and they go to coney purpose. island where the phantom has relocated because not only did he survive the end of the phantom of the opera he went to coney island to become a goofy stage magician and then they all bump into each other coincidentally and the fact that this child is secretly the phantom's secret child is like and and like what a fucking bad <laughs> look that is like it totally subverts the emotional core <laughs> of the first film the fact that like the phantom like just survives and then just goes on to do the same shtick elsewhere just means he hasn't fucking he learned didn't anything. learn anything it, yeah it unwrites his character arc like it's appalling and then it, it just gets worse like the 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 plotting of it is on its face absurd wait okay maybe i'm an idiot but where does the phantom of the opera take place paris what then why are they going to coney island <laughs> coney On island or something <laughs> coney I that's what i was thinking coney <laughs> island <laughs> Do we, yeah, it's do we, real weird. Do we want to get mugged? But I guess it's different <laughs> in the I guess it's different in the olden days, but <laughs> um yeah, so that just fails on every level. Like it's absurd. It it its plot doesn't make any sense the way it uses its character, the way it unwrites the lessons of the first yeah, uh, uh, the original stage show. And then also just the songs are bad. Like all of this would be so much more tolerable if the songs were good, but they're they're they're, they're not. not. Huh? I might so, have to just watch that somewhere. I'll get a hold of it something just to see because I was like, I, I knew. Well, here's a you're just talking to somebody who doesn't really like the first Phantom of the Opera, but I know that it's good. That's the thing. Like people. Serious theater people. I have one of my friends. She actually went to school for this nonsense. And she was like, nah, it's really good. My brother says the same thing. Oh, it's really good. I know some of the songs. Like the... Is the Phantom of the Opera? I, I know that stuff. <laughs> like, I know it. I just don't necessarily... I'm not into it. Because <laughs> they would sing sure. it all the time when, like, still when we were kids and we lived at home and stuff. But... You know, I get that it's good, that it's considered good. It's just not my thing. And I was like, okay, so let me see something that's actually Phantom of the Opera stuff, but it's actually bad. 
that would probably give me a little bit more of an idea of a mic. Okay, maybe I should see this. Maybe I'll see the Phantom of the Opera in a different light now. Um, sure. And it, and it is fun to try to revisit media, like explicitly looking at it through a different lens. Yeah. Um, you know, talk about like your perspective. Like one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot is we both, uh, I've introduced you to one of my new favorite YouTubers, CJ the X, who <laughs> yeah. uh, goes on these that, extremely that guy, energetic. That kid uh, is uh, crazy. <laughs> extremely energetic rants about art and the nature yeah. of truth and just like like the passion just oozes from it i love seeing their work yeah but um one of the things that they said the turn of phrase that like wormed its way into its brain was like was this is it good or did you just like it and also like the the implied inverse of that which mm -hmm. is was it bad or did you just not like it and I think those are really fascinating, like, big art questions to ask. Um, because who can say why we prefer the things that we prefer? Who can say why we feel the way that we feel about things? But we can, you know, bring those perspectives to art and media criticism mm -hmm. while also trying to recognize, you know, kind of larger abstract virtues. Maybe not objective virtues, but things just, you know... Uh, that are bigger than than the simple fact of whether or not we liked it, whether or not we were entertained by it, whether or not, uh, you know, we we have these like kind of simple lenses. And can we look at things like, you know, the what what is it? There's the art criticism school of thought, which is like a, a piece of art should be evaluated by these three criteria. One, what is it trying to achieve? Two, does it achieve it? And three, was that thing worth achieving? Mm -hmm. And yeah. yeah, you know, I don't think we can ever reach objective truth and I don't think that we should try, but we can yeah. look at it through these different lenses. Well, it, and, I, uh, think it, I think it definitely helps to uh, do that because subconsciously, in my opinion anyway, we do that anyway and that helps cultivate, you know, followings and, you know, people... Mm cult cult classics and stuff like that like yeah I, I mean this brings me back if you to... want to talk about a cult classic based on phantom of the opera uh phantom of the paradise is fucking wild have you heard of this Corey? no i have never heard of this i was gonna say something okay, else I'm... but i'm gonna let you go first because uh, this is something i was gonna say something that you introduced me to way back when but i'm gonna let you go first okay uh, to all of the, the viewers out there in podcast land, I need you to Google the uh, the poster for the movie, which I'm going to put in the chat for so Corey can see. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. But it's wild. <laughs> uh, just the art direction for what they go on it. This is a 70s, <laughs> like, grunge what did fucking you send me, weirdo. Man? This looks like some uh, Tron nonsense, man. Like it's, Tron it's mixed like, with like Cool World. It's like <laughs> Tron if Tron was made by Troma. <laughs> uh, like the what? main character <laughs> and his outfit. That's awesome. Is so nutso. And also my favorite fun fact is it inspired the costume of Griffith from Berserk. That makes sense. 
and inspired uh, it. That's cool. Yeah, but it's the fucking weirdest movie. Like, it's so out there, and it's such like it. It is a definitive cult classic. Um, <laughs> I've never heard of this. It's before. difficult. I've to never even heard of this in my life. Describe, um, yeah. but like the low budget quality to it and just its audacity like does so much to to endear it to me i really like this movie even though and here's like kind of the the point that i was trying to make this is a musical it's a dog shit musical all the songs are awful (laughs) but that's almost like part of the charm somehow i I mean like you look at that and it's like okay now all right this definitely leads I, i love this by the way um now, mind you, like uh, for everybody listening, the people that are listening, he sent me not only the 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 Blu-ray, uh, you know, cover, which is mm-hmm. great in itself, but he sent me a screenshot of the main character, <laughs> and he looks like like Owl Man without like the big <laughs> <laughs> without the big plume yeah. on his head, and I'm like, this this is some next level stuff, man. And I'm like, he's wow. dressed like if Blade decided to put on a cape and then wear a metal bird helmet, <laughs> which sounds really cool until you look it up and you're like, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. <laughs> I thought something. And then different. you're going to keep waffling back and forth between is this cool? No, no, it's not. Is it, though? But then you see the buckles and you're like, OK, this is kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's real strange, uh, in a way that I have a lot of affection for. Okay. Uh, yeah, great. Th- this is great because then it leads me into what I, w- my example that you showed me years ago and you guys made it our friends at the time. Um, we had like, like a small friend group. Um, but obviously I was like the only black guy in the friends group. So mm-hmm. when everybody said, you've never seen the Rocky Horror Picture Show, I looked oh, at everybody. I'm yes. like, what is this? Like, what? <laughs> like, what? And I knew about it, but I've never seen it. But I hear it's yeah. this big thing, this big, you know, theatrical production. And it has Tim Curry in it as like a, you know, a, a, a trans character who is i mean that's which like now in in hindsight with how they talk about i don't think he is textually trans you just think i think they're just like kind of bundling up all these like oh we're sexually deviant and like using all the synonyms that we can think of i guess that exist i mean he's wearing high heels what are you gonna do Uh, i mean (laughs) he's extremely you know femme presenting he's got the corset he's got the heels uh and he's amazing it's oh he he pulls it off 100 (laughs) percent that's the did you know that that's his first film role uh i've heard this somewhere yes i did know that but i i forget where i've heard that like what what an entrance uh man let me give a hand clap for tim curry like oh thank god he's still alive like I mean, if he could, I would just have him just do everything because he still he still kills it. And like I was watching <laughs> like a couple of days ago, I just stumbled on like the YouTube hole and I found like a whole bunch of Command and Conquer uh, scenes with, of him. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. This is so funny. Like, it's still so funny. 
I'm like, oh man, yeah. Tim Curry, who is also a musical icon because he sings very well, in my opinion. Um, yeah. But I remember you guys showing me that. And this is my honest opinion. And like I said, like, this is just me coming from my perspective. I know there's a lot of black people that are like, oh, man, you, I'd watch that. It's, it's good. I grew up on, I'm like, that's great. Cause here's the thing. I enjoyed it, but not for the music because <laughs> I thought the music was lame. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I recently kind of rewatched scenes and music of it. And I have a deeper appreciation for the film and the musical itself, but I still don't like the music. <laughs> I still don't think the music is that good, but the performances and the, uh, the, just the craziness that goes with it, I think is the funniest thing I've seen in a long time. And I'm like, no wonder this is a cult classic. It, it's so fun. Like all that stuff put together probably makes it like, you know, fantastic for uh, many, many people that the tradition is still a thing like every October and whatnot. Um, yeah, but I like personally just go in for not this, not the music, but the, you know, the situation, the acting, Tim Curry, um, you know, that whole scene of them just looking at each other, saying their names still cracks me up. And it's the simplest, stupid thing. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, yeah, it's so funny. And I was like, OK, so. But going back to the experience of watching that. Adam and a whole like all of our other friends are doing all the dances to it, like oh, then do the that's do the time warp again. And meanwhile, I'm just watching. We like, did do the time warp again. Yeah, and uh, meanwhile, I'm just sitting there, like, like just looking back and forth. Like, <laughs> what do I do? What do I Looked do? At it. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? Uh, yeah, pull, pulls out his t cell phone, brings up a text message, and just types "white people." <laughs> am i right <laughs> but no um, i mean I, I i get it it is definitely a cultural thing but it is still enjoyable and that's what i'm i mean that's what i was like trying to like like and that's one of the points that i was trying to make is it's still very enjoyable and it crosses a like you step over that line where it's like you know you know it, it's still it's still very evergreen in a way where it's like, eh, this is for so. everybody. Yeah. This is for everybody. Cause it's just silly on all, on all accounts, but that's what makes it so good for everyone is it's silly on all accounts. And I'm like, yeah, I, I'm still into this. This is still funny. Mind you, like, like I said, like doing the dances and stuff, like I get why that's enjoyable, but I'm like, uh, I don't know, like, if these dances are cool for me. <laughs> it's just kind of oh, silly. Yeah, they're super not. It is something like the Macarena where I'm like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> should I really, do I really like doing this? Or do, would I rather do something like the electric slide? Which I would compare to something like the Wiz. Where <laughs> mm. I remember when you were exposed to the Wiz, 
uh, also back in college and whatnot. And yeah. you're yeah. like, no, nah, no, nah, man, this shit slaps. <laughs> you looked at me and you're like, yeah, yeah, this is cool. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was, I was pretty quickly on board with it. Yeah, yeah, you, you were ready. You were ready. <laughs> you were like, no, <laughs> I want to do all of this. Like we, I remember when we like, for like maybe a week we would quote like the uh for anybody who hasn't seen the whiz by the way like people out you there. should it's weird yeah it, it was a commercial flop but now it's considered a cult classic it is the yeah. black for all extensive purposes the black version of the wizard of oz um it has yep. stars With michael jackson absolute ludicrous all-star cast oh yeah um michael jackson um diana ross who is fantastic as dorothy um and uh ah shoot uh who does the lion my dad loves the guy who does the lion hold on a second uh is it uh richard pryor no no he's the whiz he's actually the wizard um oh okay <laughs> yeah richard yeah that is another thing <laughs> the whiz is the uh you know richard pryor and that is by itself fantastic uh <laughs> But um, hold on. Uh, so, yeah, Ted they, Ross was Ted Ross. Lion. Yeah, Ted Ross. Uh, Mabel King, Nipsey Russell, who is fantastic as the Tin Man. Um, mm -hmm. you know, oh Lena Horn. That's who I was thinking of. Lena Horn as um the the what the Good Witch of the South, which they did that on purpose. Good Witch of the South. Yeah, but <laughs> uh, yeah, and the music I think is fantastic. And everything like that. The dance numbers are fantastic. I mean, you know, you're talk like talking to somebody who's like, I have, I'm the oldest of three, so we would, well, we were watching this when the uh, the Emerald City scene that we would constantly yeah. quote for like a week. Maybe would come my up. favorite. Yeah, it's a lot of people's favorites, and it showcases the musical talent um, of uh, of. Um, Oh, geez, what's his name? Uh, the musical talent of the the soundtrack itself uh, by Quincy Jones. And, you know, it... And Quincy Jones is actually in it, too. Like, for a brief second. And I'm like, man, this is so good. <laughs> and, you know, we would... Me and my siblings, we would dance. Literally do the entire dance the entire time while that was going on and we're just like it's so energetic and it's so cool and it's you know it's very disco but you know it's made back in the 70s so duh but you know so i compare that to something like uh you know uh rocky horror picture show where the dances are like you know cool i'm like in my seat right now i'm just like bopping my hips around like and then you do the pelvic thrust. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I can see how this is very, like, catchy. Like, and that's the thing about it. Rocky Horror songs are super stupidly catchy. And I'm like, yeah, okay. But would I actually, like, be super into, like, doing the stuff? Like the, like the little things and everything like that? Probably not. I mean, like, I think that part of what you're talking about here is, like, the culture around cult movies, which I think yeah. that, you know, if you 
maybe Rocky Horror is something that you've missed, but you've gone to screenings of The Room. And those also have like a, a series of rituals where people are like throwing spoons at the screen <laughs> and they're reciting the lines before the actors say it or that like the actor will say something and then the people will shout at the screen like a response to it. That's like, you I know, have never heard of this in my members. life. Oh, yeah. No, it's a total thing. I did. Not I mean, know that's that. a big. I mean, I believe okay, it. Well, I completely believe it, but I'd never heard of that. You know that's a thing for Rocky Horror, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we had a showing before, and everybody was, like, at, like, one of the college theaters, and we we all yeah. went. And, yeah, they were doing the same thing there. I don't okay. remember half of them. I just remember the dancing that people would, like, especially, like, with something like the Time War. People always did that, so. Yeah. Okay, I'm just making sure that you didn't think that we were, like, making it up on the spot because we <laughs> love the movie so much. <laughs> that would be amazing uh, and terrifying, and I and that would, would be, be a thing where I'd be like, okay, these white people are, <laughs> they're kind of, they're kind of ingenious. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing, but okay, all right. <laughs> I mean, you but, see, like, one other black guy at one of the events, you're like, oh, thank goodness, so good to see another brother, and he's just like... Get out. <laughs> Get out. Get, Get out. out. <laughs> I'm sorry, my friend, but I would like to do the time warp again. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, I hold on a second. I would like to do the time warp with you. <laughs> would, would you like to do the time warp with me? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> that is scary, and let's not do that. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I want to move on. That that kind of uh, I don't. I'm sorry. Did did you have any other final thoughts well, on this particular uh, yeah, section? Yeah, I wanted to say that like you know, there's the culture around it, which is like, yeah, we're gonna get up and we're gonna do the dance because the time warp is kind of a perfect like. It doesn't matter if you know it; it's gonna tell you how to do it as part of the song, and you just get up, and it doesn't matter if you do a good job or a bad job. The point is to just embarrass yourself. Like mm -hmm. it, it's kind of a classic version of that kind of song. Yeah. Um, but but just thinking about like, you know, The Wiz and Rocky Horror Picture Show, like I feel like they both have a pretty comparable number of what I would consider to be like good songs to bad songs. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, there's absolutely. a couple clunkers. There's a couple clunkers in Rocky Horror. There's a couple clunkers in The Wiz. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, whether you enjoy one or the other, like, just kind of depends on, like, yeah, like, your cultural experience with it and, like, how on board you are with the premise. So yeah. Rocky Horror is a movie that takes place in, like, a big haunted house and there's, like, a bunch of cobwebs and they're doing mad science shit. And, and it ends like, up being an alien movie. Exactly! It's so goofy and they got goofy costumes and there's, like... <laughs> yeah, I, I was, like, I was, like... They actually got me at the end of the movie. Like they, I was <laughs> like they had me shook. I was I was like, whoa, whoa, it's an alien invasion movie? <laughs> Where'd this come from? Yeah. When they say that uh when when Dr. Frankenfurter says that he's a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania, he means that he is from the galaxy of transsexual and the planet of, of Transylvania. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. And then they shoot him with the laser. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> they shoot him with a beam that fires pure antimatter. <laughs> I was I was like <laughs> Almost, I didn't see it coming. That was honestly one of the few times that I was actually invested, and then I was 
thrown completely off. And I was like, this makes this so much better, in my opinion. Like, you don't see this coming at all. A running theory that I have with bad movies in general is that, like, a big part of their virtue and why they're well-loved is because so many of us are so genre-savvy that we, like, can anticipate plot beats before they happen. But a bad movie doesn't play by those rules. Yeah. And as such, we, like, they're much more surprising. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that is, I think, a big part of the fun for, for a lot of audience members is just being like, oh, we're doing this now. <laughs> oh, we're doing this now, huh? Uh, all right. All right. <laughs> okay. But, I mean, that's cool. Okay. I, I, like, the end piece to that, at least in my opinion, is, you know... Give stuff a chance. Like, I, I never would have thought I liked uh, Rocky Horror because that's just not my thing. Or at least I didn't think so until I watched it. And while the music isn't exactly, like, uh, on point for me, just the experience is. Like, you get a contact high mm. almost off of it. And I'm like, okay, this is funny. <laughs> okay, that, That's a good is, way to put it. Yeah, and I think a lot of people might realize that when they enjoy th like uh, I had a conversation real quick I had like a conversation with one of my other friends and um he is indeed one of the quote unquote whitest guys ever he is one of my <laughs> best friends ever we met we were we've been best friends since like 6th grade but he is like stereotypically <laughs> that way but i love it's him. really he impressive is, that yeah. i can confirm that he is somehow whiter than me you, you know what you know what you know what i'm talking about <laughs> oh we're talking about doug for sure. uh, yeah. yes, <laughs> <laughs> i love him i love this man he is my brother but yeah he is like that and i was talking to him at some point um about like the movie the friday movies like yes. like the first one and that is a cultural thing for like most black people like, i can i mm -hmm. can speak only for my community but it's a cultural thing everybody loves friday everybody can quote different things of friday everybody like my wife autumn who is <laughs> who is white loves friday <laughs> she loves it Oh yeah, it's, it's so funny, but that's definitely a cultural thing. However, I do think that everybody can get something out of that because the premise itself isn't exactly. It, it may it may be star like basically mostly black, you know, all black characters, but the idea of you losing your job and just not having anything to do and just hanging with like one of your friends who you don't even want to be there half the time and just being like, it's just a day in the life. It's like one day. It's just one day. Yeah. And it, just, it's a very slice of life. Yeah, exactly. That is, movie. And I think a lot of people can, you know, especially nowadays can relate to, Oh man, it's Friday. Now what? <laughs> like, come on, man. And it's just, and I think that is really, I think a lot of people might enjoy that a lot more now obviously there is like cultural context out the wazoo in that movie but just the initial premise might get you interested and might create a conversation 
with some of the black people that you know. I was like, have you ever seen this movie? I recently watched Friday. Excuse me, sir, black man. I recently <laughs> watched Friday and I thought it was very well done and very great. And <laughs> I, I, I would like to hear your cultural perspective yeah. on the seminal <laughs> black film Friday. And, and, you know, oh, I would love to hear that conversation of how that would go down. But <laughs> I will say that I'm really a purist and uh, uh, <laughs> uh, yet another Friday, I think, is one of the lesser works within the oeuvre of <laughs> another Friday. Oh, you mean <laughs> you mean uh, what's next the, what, Friday? What's the third one? Oh, See, the Friday that's how you know. Next. That's how you know <laughs> he never one. watched any of the other ones. <laughs> he only watched the first one. You don't say I another Friday. <laughs> it's Friday, next Friday and the Friday after next. <laughs> And then it goes into but, Sunday, know, and then, it, <laughs> and then it, it's fucking crazy how many sequels they made because Friday the Thirteenth is like totally fucking different. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because are there any black people in that in that movie Friday the Thirteenth? Oh, in the first one, I, I don't know, think so. Look, if I honestly he does, don't think so. Then he sucks and he dies instantly. Oh, so it's, it's almost. I mean, not what is it? The seventies, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, at the same time, and that is a trope thing that we're going to have to get into in another episode. Why yeah, very much are there so. black people even in these situations in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, yeah. it's the same thing that I said when I watched Midsommar. Great movie. Why are you here, man? <laughs> Chidi, you gotta leave. And he... he snooping around and i'm like oh he's dead this Brother's is why dead. we brothers dead <laughs> the the films of jordan peele to have oh absolutely black people in horror situations and they look and they go mm -mm, nah. no mm -mm. nope no nope. <laughs> nope. Yeah. have you seen nope yet no i have not yet um i need okay. to see it um, there, there's one point that is like a perfect horror moment where he just looks at a situation and just goes, nope. <laughs> and then leaves. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Jordan Peele understands. Of course he does. I mean, I yeah. knew this from the first movie he that Jordan Peele did. But um, but that's another episode. That's another episode. <laughs> I think that your original point of like comparing like Black Friday or Black Friday, Jesus. Uh, comparing Friday <laughs> nice. to um... Uh, uh, Rocky Horror is actually like surprisingly insightful though because yeah. I think both of those movies would really suffer if you were just like hey I'm going to show you a movie with no context you're just going to we're going to sit down in a empty movie theater and we're going to watch this in silence like that would be a miserable experience yeah. for, I for mean, both of those I think I mean I'm sorry but and, have you ever been to a movie theater with a black audience uh, it's wild. Well, I'm I'm dead. I'm asking you like straight up, like. <laughs> uh, yes, I have. Not often, but I have. Oh, it's, but, it's yeah. It's it is fantastic. Rowdy and energetic in a way that uh, is very different than uh, a quote unquote normal movie theater experience. Uh, in a way that I think is really fun. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, both of those movies I think are ones that benefit from having like you know someone to guide you and just be like okay here's what we're gonna watch these are the expectations and we're gonna get a big group 
and we're going to get like a lot of good energy. It's the, it's the camaraderie. This. It's the camaraderie that makes it yeah. enjoyable. Um, and yeah, like I think that's that's you know true for many cult classics, but mm. I think that those are both really good examples of like I can't imagine trying to get someone's first experience with Rocky Horror to be just like sitting quietly. I sit down and watched it. It was okay. I put it on. I was kind of half reading the news while doing it. it <laughs> Jeez. <fine. laughs> like. I was just doom nah. scrolling and I decided to watch it because, you know, it was on. And, you know, it's October. I guess I should watch it. They, people say it's like, it's super cool and, and everything like that. I'm like, okay. Man, dude. Are you in like a <laughs> hospital or something? Like, <laughs> like come, half I watched country? it on. Uh, I watched it on 30-second clips from YouTube Shorts. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Anyway, this leads me into my last thing. Um, now, this is going to be a little bit nebulous, but I think we can round it out, round out the episode with this uh, for both of us. Is What would you say is your biggest influence musically? Like, just pick one off the top of your head Ooh. um like for musical standard basically like what what i consider to be like the the musical that had the most influence on me yes gosh that is a big question and it could be anything it could be like live action it could be animated i already have mine i already know mine um, the problem is that like every musical that i watch like i fall into this deep rabbit hole on and so, like, it, a lot of them, like, have, like, in my mind, like, a pretty equal weight to them because I just, I go hard on them. <laughs> and I love them all for, for different reasons. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think I got to turn this into, like, a top three kind of situation. That's fine. I think that's fine. Probably the Blues Brothers. Oh, that's one. a good one. That's a because, good one. I love because, the Blues Brothers it's personally. It's a great movie. It's a Stone Cold yeah. classic. And it is one of my favorite examples of like, this musical doesn't have to look like a musical. Mm -hmm. It can look like another movie and it just has these big musical numbers. And I think that something like Baby Driver would go on to continue that tradition mm -hmm. where yeah. like Baby Driver, I would say, is an unconventional musical number. Is it musical? And I never even thought about it that way, but I guess that is the thing about what makes a musical is, you know. I mean, it's the presence of music numbers. Yeah, so, like, what yeah. else is it? I mean, but uh, uh, like people would argue, uh, are these people actually, the characters actually singing or is it just music in the background that just exists in the movie type thing? For sure. You so, know, diegetic versus non-diegetic, yeah, whether yeah. or not they're interacting with it. You know, what if it's a musical number that takes place on a stage versus something where, you know, it's breaking the fourth wall and they're singing to the audience or singing to themselves? Like, yeah, but um, I, but I and, guess and that's I why that, this is a very nebulous question, because like it is literally an aesthetic. It's like an aesthetic question of, OK, what is my thing? What do what yeah. what gets me there? I I almost said like what gets me <laughs> what gets me hard. No, I don't <laughs> what gets me off. <laughs> what gets me off? But Look, uh, when I want to get turgid and I think about what musical numbers are going to get me there, then 
Blues Brothers is one of them. Okay, I was um, going to say, let's run with that. <laughs> run no, with let's that. not. <laughs> run with that. <laughs> Bit over. Um, yeah, so Blues Brothers, I think, is a great example of like a, a, an unconventional musical. Mm-hmm. For... I, I got to give one to my childhood and like those initial musicals that got me into it. So I got to give it to one of the Disney musicals. And I think it's going to be the Lion King, mm. not because it is my current favorite one, but because that was the one that I like allowed myself to love. Okay. First, you know, that yeah. was, you know, the, the little mermaid, I can like that now. I can appreciate that now. But I was just like, that's for girls. Ah, of course I don't like it. Uh, you know, Ew. I wasn't able to appreciate. Exactly. And like, you know, all caught up in stupid hey, gender norms. No, and hey, like man. Media for I girls thought, being unfairly demonized. I like, thought the same thing about Beauty and the Beast for the longest time. I, right. I thought the exact and same now, And now I'm like, Beauty and the Beast absolutely slaps. Oh, like, it's it, it rocks hard. It goes hard in the pain. Yeah, one of the greatest. But like, I, I couldn't admit that in the same way to myself. But The Lion King was, you know, manly. It was mature. It, it was, was about drama. lions and animals. It was animals. about lions and, and people were eating each other. Yeah. <laughs> and revenge and schemes. And like, yeah, like and it was the first that I allowed and... myself to love. And yes, gay uncle Scar <laughs> fucking rules. And yes, I would like him to adopt me. But, uh... <laughs> no, thank you, because he would probably kill me. <laughs> I'm the king. Um, I can do whatever I want. I can do whatever I want. If you have to kill uh, Mufasa, was, the I'm ten times the king's Mufasa. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I, God, like like, I like this. Every <laughs> single... Like we're gonna come down to come back to this a lot, but like yeah. there are like things that I love for like the words that they say, the words on the page, but so much of like the things that get into my head are like line deliveries. Those mm. get stuck in my brain exactly the same way that a catchy song will get stuck in my brain. That is definitely me and, too. That's definitely me too. I I can empathize with that basically because that happens with me a lot. Um, I love line. Yeah. I love line delivery. I love song delivery. If somebody else sang it, it doesn't sound the same. Or said it, it doesn't sound the same. Yeah, and just like uh, uh, everything about Jeremy Irons' performance as Scar, <laughs> yeah. like is permanently like etched onto the surface of my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, ugh, love it. And then, like for the third, which I'm going to give again, not because it's my favorite, but this was the first one that I like took the deep dive into, where I was watching various versions of it and seeing different interpretations and seeing like the evolution of it. Um, but Sweeney Todd, really? Yeah. Well, now you know what. Now that I can think about that. I can definitely see that because I remember you back in the day, obviously, like you loved it when it came out and everything, but I know your tastes have evolved. So I didn't know if you stuck with it, but I still like Sweeney Todd a lot. Okay. It's, it's still one of the best horror musicals of which there are very few. Mm -hmm. Um, and I basically love all of them except for repo, the genetic opera. It's not very good. Uh, that's another Aww. cult classic, but I can't get behind that one. That one's <laughs> too tough of a pill to swallow. It's all right. Uh, not due to like content. It's just like, it just feels incomplete. It literally, if you watch the movie version of it, it literally has like 
exposition scenes yeah. awkwardly cut into it because oh, the, I, I the know. musical I've seen the doesn't musical. tell the story. I, I've seen the movie uh, very version. Yeah, I've seen the movie yeah. version. I was like, I, I, I completely get what you're saying. So, yeah. Yeah. All uh, right. But, yeah, uh, Sweeney Todd was the first where I really, like, kind of went hard into it. And I just loved seeing how it was interpreted and how it was adapted. And, like, one of my favorite versions of it that I found, and, and I've never found it again. I'm sure it's still online somewhere. But it was this filmed performance of a stage show where all they had for the stage was this maybe six foot wide uh, strip of stage that curved in a semicircle around the band pit. Oh, wow. And the whole show took place on that just little curving strip of stage and basically no sets. Like they would just pantomime Mm -hmm. stuff and, you know, allow you to fill in the blanks. And it was really fascinating. Not only that they were able to do it at all, but how well it worked. Like, oh, right, he's a barber and he's slicing people's throats and they're on the trapdoor chair that's going to send them to the murder basement. Mm-hmm. And they're just like <laughs> pantomiming it. And it it worked. Yeah. In a really improbable way. And I, I just found that really impressive. I, um, I have actually recent, well, not recently, maybe in the last couple years, a little bit before the pandemic, um, um, I saw something similar with Sweeney Todd. Um, oh, cause really? one of my theater friends, she was in it. Um, she was, uh, what's her name? The main, uh, the main female. Mrs. Character. Lovett. Yeah. She was Mrs. Lovett. And oh, they did wow. something very minimalistic too. Like, obviously they didn't have fancy stuff. I think they had a couple chairs and a table, but mm-hmm. everything else, they pantomimed a lot of stuff and it still worked. It still worked, and they had a very small space to work with, too, and it still worked, and I liked it. I enjoyed it, so that I, I like that somebody kind of did something similar, and I wasn't just the only one that was crazy, and I was like, this is still very enjoyable and still cool um, that somebody similarly did that just in another sense and everything like that, and I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, uh, all right. You know, I, I think that's it's kind of true across a variety of different mediums, but watching people make the most out of like strict artistic limitations is always like cool and interesting and fun. Like mm-hmm. part of it is just watching like craftspeople be good at what they do. Yeah. But also limitations breed creativity in a way that I don't know. Like I just always enjoy watching it. I mean, just even if it's like something that wouldn't normally be for me, like I, I can recognize, like, the craft and skill that's required to, like, do anything with these strict limitations. Um, yeah, I appreciate that just yeah. kind of generally. That's cool. I, I that That is really cool, man. That's really fascinating. Because I didn't know if you still like that. But, I mean, like, when it comes to Sweeney Todd and anything. But, yeah, those those three things are really cool, which actually inspires me to make my own three. I might as well give my own three. Um, uh, my last word is that, uh, as far as like, oh, do you still like it? Sweeney Todd still holds up. Jekyll and Hyde the musical does not. That that musical's a sloppy Oof. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like it's got some fun parts, but like overall, like overall, mm, I don't know about this one. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. Um, my three that I actually wrote down, um, actually, um, I have three. I have a film, a TV show, and an animated uh thing. Um, the film is, I guess, unconventional a musical, but it's something because that's what I was thinking of before. I'm like, I still really enjoy this this movie. Uh, Scott Pilgrim. Uh, Scott Pilgrim uh, versus the world. I really enjoy that as not only a film, but a musical, because there's a lot of music that they interact with in that movie in all different types of ways. Like when you said something like Baby Driver, I was like, that's the same director, I'm pretty sure. So I'm like, yeah, that's really cool. And I like it. I like the music in the, the that movie, too. So, yeah, I yeah. that is a big and, and I'll. Uh... I'll leave it to the pedants to whether or not they want to gerrymander, you know, if Scott Pilgrim is actually a musical or not. But it's got, like, five solid musical numbers and the yeah. way that it uses music and, like, cuts and edits to the rhythms of it, you know. Yeah. Baby Driver takes it a step further, but I think that a lot of that DNA is there, you know, from the beginning of Edgar Wright's career. Like, he really cares about that kind of stuff. And I think that... Scott Pilgrim and the way that it uses music is is awesome. So yeah, yeah. I can totally support the, that. I, I just think of the the very first encounter that Scott has, like with uh the first like X, and he literally does a stage like dance number. He's like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's dancing around and then everybody else, I just love the fact that everybody is looking around like, is this guy serious? <laughs> it's like so fourth wall breaking. I mean, that's the entire movie, but at the same time, they do it so effectively and it's not actually cheesy in a way that I really enjoy. And I'm like, I think okay. that we could both agree that that musical number is S L Ick. Did you not get my email? Did he not get my email? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I like that um, for my TV show thing. Uh, I don't know if you've ever remember watching this particular animated uh, TV show, um, or if you even know, but uh, Class of 3000. I am unfamiliar with the Class of 3000. Yeah, it's uh, basically, it's, uh, I love Andre 3000. He is one of my all-time favorite uh, musical artists ever. Mm -hmm. um, and that's his show. And it's basically about him being a band teacher in Georgia and um, Atlanta, and he's teaching all these kids. And it has one of the best soundtracks that I've ever heard. And coming from a show, like, because you were talking about Steven Universe and how th a lot of people love that soundtrack. And it's very good, um, especially considering it has Estelle. She's, she's, yeah, she's, she's great. great. But um, Class of 3000 just hits for me. It hits for me. I'm like, I've always loved that soundtrack. And, you know, just the the music in that. It's like, it's a show about music. So I always like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm like skimming through a, a trailer right now. And this show looks really cool. Doing really interesting things with the it, it is so surrealistic. And it, it, it that's all style. Like that's, it's just, it's dripping, literally dripping with style. And I highly appreciate it was gone too soon um it got canceled too soon in my opinion but it it that show was dripping with style and just rubber bandiness and everything like that and just 
like actually making music videos at the end of each episode about the music that they learned about and stuff like that. And it, and they're all really fun. They're all really cool. And they're all really in the cultural aspect of Georgia. Like I, I just loved that characterization and stuff like that. And I was like, see it, you don't hear a lot of this kind of, you know, music, especially when it comes to like, you know, city stuff. Like, I mean, Hey Arnold is one of my all time favorite shows, but it's when people think of animated stuff or music and city stuff, it's a lot of lo-fi. And I'm like, that's cool. But there's a lot more music that like urban wise did like is a lot more varied and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, I I really enjoyed that show. Um, and I think it's very musically. I think it's one of the most musically uh, diverse things that I've has had a bit of influence, a big influence on me personally. But the last thing that I want to briefly touch on is I think you know about this because I had you watching it years ago when we were in college. Cats don't dance. <laughs> Wow, not what I would have guessed. Yeah, that is one of my all-time favorite, not only films, and completely underrated, in my opinion. Um, Agreed. But very, I love every song in that movie. I love every single song in that movie. It is so good. All of them are. And I can't say that a lot, a lot of stuff at all. Like, even movies that I love. Even, you know, Disney films and animated stuff and everything that I love. I'm like, eh, not all these songs are good. Every song there's in that a movie, lot I, of Yeah. There's a lot of musicals that only have one or two, like, really standout numbers. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's impressive if you can get that. Yeah. And I, I every song in that one I love. Every song, like, is a bop. And I'm like, okay. And it, it just the amount, just the idea of not only is are the songs good but they all incorporate certain dance numbers and stuff and except for like maybe one and i was like this is brilliant not only technically <laughs> because you've seen that movie it looks when i showed incredible. it it is ridiculous the amount of and is it's this is what wb used to do wb used to be on that real shit <laughs> and they and they weren't playing around back then and they used to show their stuff like exceptionally well, like and that is literally some of the best dancing animation I've ever seen in my life. It's so yeah, creative. The- it's so, you know, bombastic. But at the same time, you know exactly what's happening. It's staged well and everything like that. And I'm like this. They wanted to capture old Hollywood, but in a new light. And they did it. Like, not perfectly, but they did it, like, so well done to me, in my opinion. And... Yeah. Just the energy of that movie. There's a lot to love about that movie. Yeah, and just the energy of just the music in general is what really, you know, influenced things that I like to see in, you know, especially animated movies and stuff like that. Just, I, I love seeing high energy dancing and stuff uh when it's animated i think one of those really hard yes. but it's but when it's done well it's 
you can tell it's done well and you just want to see it over and over again which is why i like all the sequences and go like circling back to the princess and a frog again i love all of dr facilier stuff he can just stay on screen let's just have a dr facilier <laughs> movie okay let's just let's just do it that's all Look, that's what we all really care about i could watch I, him I'm dance on your team all the time he is it, it's so good it's so good um yeah but i would say like yeah the, the catstone dance um you know, for for our audience, uh, for people uh, listening, go look that up. Give that up. If you haven't play. seen it, it's like 78 minutes with credits. Like, it is a snack. Yeah. And it is a good snack. It is a very... You you were, you were hit it right. It's like, it's not long. It is a... It's, it's pretty tight. Uh, Shirley yeah. Temple is the bad guy. Uh, <laughs> Evil Shirley Temple. Evil is Shirley great. Temple is fantastic, and you don't see antagonists like that as much. Um, and I thought that was super it's like, creative. Uh, and, imagine like when Eartha Kit gets turned into a cat at the end of The Emperor's New Groove, <laughs> but if the cat was the villain the whole time, yeah, like it's that kind of energy. Oh, it, uh, it's it's, it's fantastic. It's fantastic, and she has a great musical number. Or a couple of them, actually. Like, it's, yep. it, it's so good. It's like, to me, and this is, now, maybe this is this is that halftone take, guys. Wink. Uh, <laughs> she, her villain song, her main villain song, in my opinion, rivals Scars Be Prepared. Um, oh, be prepared. Still. Yeah, I, I, I know good. that's a huge take, but... Because I, I like that song, too, but her yeah. Big and Loud, that song, because um, that's her main quote-unquote yeah. villain song, it it is it rivals that, in my opinion. It is so crazy, and but it's so good. It's so it's delivered so well. We were talking about, like, how, you know, I don't think anybody else can, like, hear this. I mean, sing this, and it have the same impact. And I, I I totally 100% believe that. And her character is just crazy anyway. But I love all the characters in that movie. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I will throw, like, Big and Loud is not a song that I think about when I think of, like, all-time villain songs. But it really does deserve to be there. Like, that is such a, a good... <laughs> yeah. Just a good musical number. And it reveals yeah. so much about, like, character. And it just has so much personality. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Now, I will say... I am shocked that the Goofy movie did, was not your favorite <laughs> I was trying to stay away from that because okay. that is its own episode, which I'm like... It sure is. Hey, hey, y'all, people, if you, wanna, if you want that episode to come out sooner rather than later, email us at... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at halftone takes uh at gmail.com email us that and say we yeah. want goofy movie we want to hear how i know that movie off by heart and i'm not kidding i know every he's line, not kidding. every song it's... i can quote it from front to back uh and that's but scary if we're talking about like all-time great animated dance numbers like oh eye to shit, eye power line oh my god <laughs> power line power line power holy line. shit <laughs> don't forget <laughs> power line <laughs> yeah 
yeah, that that is definitely a big thing. Um, but I feel I wanted to kind of step away from that because that's an easy that's easy bait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I would go on for another hour, and we are basically at that. We we are uh, at that point. We've been, right we've now. been running the running the clock long enough. Yeah, it's so to, to, it's time to wind down, listeners, and take it home. <laughs> time to wind down with another track. Ooh. That was like if Lance Reddick like was ASMRing like my radio experience. Guardians, I can't do Lance Reddick though. I, I would love to. <laughs> I would love to just become Lance Reddick when I get older. Like if you hear this, oh, yeah. Lance Reddick, can you like Lance just Reddick, send me? If you can hear this, please adopt us. <laughs> no, don't adopt. Don't adopt us. I want you to adopt send me. me. I want you to send me a piece of your skin or DNA. <laughs> So I can clone you. So I can insert into my like my genetic code, your genetic code, make a splice. So when I have a kid, it turns out to be Lance Reddick. And I can name him what I want to name him, but it ends up turning into you anyway. And then I can say, you know what? You are now the legacy. Your name is not Lance Reddick anymore. Your name is Lance Revis. Okay. <laughs> Your name is. This Lance is much Red. less creepy. <laughs> it better not be. I'm over here asking him to become my dad, and you're over here asking him to become your son. <laughs> like, like a like a white boy should. <laughs> like a what? Your classic white boy. Okay. Classic hey, white you... boy always asking Lance Reddick to be their dad. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the caucasity of this. Bitch. <laughs> okay (laughs) and on that note (laughs) that's where we're gonna wind down okay uh yeah this uh has been halftone takes dude Uh, do you want to go out first yeah i'll i'll wrap it up so as was mentioned before if you have any questions comments or suggestions for a topic uh that you want to hear us talk about uh, feel free to send us an email at halftonetakes at gmail.com. If you want to follow me specifically, I have been Adam Bucheri. I'm an animator and game designer. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Bucheri, and you can also find my tabletop games at bucheri.itch.io. That is boo like ghost, cherry like fruit. Corey, where can the nice people out there find you? And I've been... Corey Revis. Uh, I'm an illustrator and comic creator. You can find my webcomic on Webtoons under the name Dawn of Time and on Twitter at The Eaker and on Instagram at Earther1. That is E-A-R-T-H-U-R underscore one. Awesome. Uh, until next time, do we, do we have a sign off? Do we want to do a sign off? I wrote something uh, dumb in the show notes, but we don't have to do that. Uh, uh, okay. Um, and until next time, uh, Nano Machine, son. <laughs> <laughs> stupid. It's so stupid. But that's you been in my head. Allow for... that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's allowed. All right. It's in there. It's it's done. I can't stop it. <laughs> okay. Take yeah. care. Thank you for listening. Yes. Bye bye. Yes. Yeah, see ya. Bye.